Hello everyone, and welcome to the show receiving rave reviews, such as, wow, it's actually good. My name is Christy. And my name is Illumide. And this is the Big Empty Purse Podcast. But I, let me just expose myself as a terrible person. The thing that makes me think like, oh wow, I'm really not an imposter. I am good at this. I am competent. Is not my own success. It's others' failures. <laughs> <laughs> So, Lumide, what have you been up to since the last episode? I'm under the shithouse. I'm buried <laughs> six foot under the fucking shithouse. I have been fuming all week. I'm irritated. I'm very upset. Every single person has chosen this week to fucking get on my nerves and stay on my nerves. And traffic is still horrible. Traffic is still horrible. <laughs> and, on top of all and on top of all that, traffic is still a raggedy bitch. Of the raggediest of bitches. There's nothing good about it. And it doesn't get better. It just no. doesn't. But in true us fashion, I will continuously dance it out. I will tap. I will pas doble. I will <laughs> pas de brule. I will dance it out. Yes, I will dance all of it out. But in other news, Beyonce released a new song. She released one new song called Break My Soul. And I don't think legally I'm allowed to say anything bad about Beyonce, especially not in public or on air. However, and but... I do think she has done better work. When I tell you, this song is, in terms of a music composition type thing, the song is interesting. And I will say that. I think I haven't heard of a gospel bounce mashup. I wouldn't even know what genre that would fall under. It sounds like EDM or dance music. But when you focus on the background vocals, she put gospel vocals on a bounce hmm. song. So it's a really, and the beat, the beat is like funky. It's, it's a good song. But the actual message in the song is what I have a problem with. So, for those of you Beyonce stands out there, have several fucking seats because none of you can be even 10% as much of a Beyonce stand as I am. You just, you can't. I am the most standest of all stands of Beyonce. However, I have to say this is not her best work. The lyrics are really primitive. And I understand, like, the sign of the times is a lot of the music is really primitive. You know, they have a one phrase and it's just a repetitive phase. I get it. I get it. However, if you're going to do a song that's just based off of vibes of one repeating phrase, it should not be a pandering song. Hmm. So what she's done is, the lyrics of the song go something like, um, I, just I just quit my job, something, something. They work me so damn hard. Uh, that's why I cannot sleep at night. It's like pretty much okay. Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, except in bounce form. I don't love the lyrics. Huh. And also, just as a thing, sorry, have you noticed that Beyonce has made a habit of her whole career especially in recent times, has hinged on her making a song that's pandering to the plight of the masses. Mm. Like, mm. what does a billionaire have any business telling me to quit my job? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, Honestly, are you going to hire me, Beyonce? <laughs> Beyonce, send me half your net worth and I sure as hell will quit my job like that. I'm sitting here listening to this song like, you're pandering. You know people are hurting from having to work so hard just to work in nine to five just to stay alive. How come? That's funny because that's also a Beyonce. Yeah, anyway, you get the point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but the, the song, I believe, isn't great. And I, I don't like that I feel that she's pandering to the rest of us to sell records. Like, yeah. make a song that has a very interesting artistic view. I don't know, a perspective of the world that we haven't seen yet. And I was having this conversation with somebody. They were saying how, you know, somebody who's that wealthy, who's lived so many life experiences, there probably aren't that many novel experiences to them that they would write a song about. Mm. 
And I'm like, is that true? Because a lot of people will write songs about the same experiences that they've had. Adele, for instance. That woman has been writing about heartbreak for close to uh, two decades now. Her first album, actually, no, a decade and a half. Yeah, but like the nuance in what she's writing actually carries it. And I was like, Beyonce has a yeah. lot of new life experience. What are you talking about? Like, didn't she just give birth to twins some four years ago or something? And she has a 12-year-old daughter. You can write a song about the perspective of feeling guilty that you miss your kids when you go out on tour. It's not going to be relatable, sure. But if it's good, we'll still like it. Uh, the rest of the, the rap crew sing about buying Maybachs. And we still like those songs. I've never been on the inside of a Maybach in my life. Yes. Chances are I'll die before I get into a Maybach. But I'm still going to bop to a song that talks about a Maybach. I have never been in a Rolls Royce, but I will still bop yeah. to a song about Rolls Royce. Like, but the, the experiences she's writing about are not interesting. Mm. So anyway, that's my yeah. critique of Beyonce's new song. And I hope that her next venture or the rest of the album does better. Because just from this song, the beat and the concept, I, if I mute the words, I'm bopping to that track. It's a beautiful mm. track. Gospel sound on a bounce track is chef's kiss. Shout out to Beyonce for figuring that part out. <laughs> but now let's work on the lyrics just need like a remix and put like a cardi b verse over the right. beat. <laughs> come on beyonce i'm talking to you now if you listen to this podcast which i know you are i know you are <laughs> <laughs> need to you know what how about this beyonce beyonce look hire me as your songwriter will you anyway besides that i actually consumed a content in how many months one content i love this for me the content <laughs> i consumed was a korean show Actually, you know what? Let me not say that with my full chest as if I actually know. Sorry, that's not racist. It's an Asian <laughs> show that I assume by the culture. It is Korean. Thank can, you so much. Confirm. Yes, you can confirm. By the way, what I'm talking about is the alchemy of souls. <laughs> not me trying to dig myself out of a, a potentially racist situation. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was just Korean. Anyway, no. <laughs> I watched this show. It's a Korean show. Thank you for confirming. The alchemy of souls. And it's this show that has kung fu in it. And I miss watching kung fu movies and shows. So this, I guess this feels that quota. The storyline is very sappy though. They're able to put their consciousness in other bodies. So I guess putting your soul in a new body. So people, I guess the, the it's kind of like the, the, a metaverse type of theory too. But anyway, yeah, they're just able to occupy other people's bodies. And this, this lady who's like a, a super skilled assassin somehow puts her soul in the body of a blind farmer's daughter who is being sold into prostitution. Hmm. And it chronicles her feeling like the new body she inhabits is so much weaker. She doesn't have as much power as she used to. She's confined by this new body, and for whatever reason, she can't jump out of this body. So essentially, that's the whole premise of the show. And on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. I'm not watching this show for the fucking story. I'm watching them being hoisted on invisible ropes, doing flips. That's what I'm watching for. Yes. <laughs> because the plot is not giving what I think it should be giving. And the looks, darling. Nice gowns. Beautiful gowns. You know where that's from? No. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. For those of you who are listening, pull up a chair. Aretha Franklin, rest in peace, is my spirit animal on every level this woman is shady and petty all at the same time an interviewer was asking aretha franklin because we all know aretha franklin is the first lead vocalist <laughs> not the second lead. she is the vocalist aretha does not play mm -hmm. and this interview is asking her her opinion in modern day modern day because aretha before she died was modern day vocalist i don't know why i always said that but like the new girls he was asking the new girls yeah, i think he asked her about pandemic lovato and she said oh yeah i like her she asked her, he asked her about another singer. She says, yes, that person is great. I enjoy their songs. Adele, Adele, beautiful work. I love Beyonce. I don't know. Asked her about Taylor Swift. Because Aretha Franklin is so fucking shady, Aretha said nothing about her ability. She said, Taylor Swift, you know, nice gowns, beautiful gowns. And that was it. <laughs> that, was, that was it. <laughs> that was it. He asked the Aretha Franklin about uh, Nicki Minaj. And Aretha Franklin looks him dead in his eyes, pauses for a second. She goes, you see, now I'm going to pass on that one. 
<laughs> when I tell you Aretha Franklin is so fucking shady. Oh, God. <laughs> nice gowns. Beautiful gowns. But what I was saying is uh, Alchemy of Souls, that show, I'm not watching it for content. I'm watching it for the nice gowns and the beautiful gowns. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anyway, what have you been up to since the last episode? Well, since the last episode, I have grabbed a shovel and joined you under the shit house. <laughs> <laughs> just dug my way on down there and then Welcome. buried myself just boop, 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 like just i'm under it it's not great <laughs> i hate this for us yeah work is on fire it's like super on fire and it keeps getting more on fire and anytime i try and get someone to help me put out the fire they're either on vacation or they have COVID. wow <laughs> i try and do any single thing and it's like nope i'm out for three and a half weeks. No, I was just out for three and a half weeks and now I have COVID because I went somewhere. <laughs> and then I try, what? I try and go on vacation. I was trying to go to the beach this weekend. Somebody in our group caught COVID. I'm not going to the beach this weekend. Wow. Fuck all this. Fuck all of this pentatonics nonsense. I'm Wait a minute. COVID is back <laughs> on the rise. Ms. Rona, you oh. better stay over there. Oh, it absolutely is. Yes, she's here. She is back. The Panda Express is roaring raring live and revving well. <laughs> live and well one person at work oh. came back and they were like oh you know i was out on covid and then they coughed i was like uh, <laughs> they coughed and i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> if you tell me that you just got back from being out on covid you must not cough in the mm -hmm. same conversation you, you just can't you're not allowed to nope it's all trash work is on fire have i let that slow me down in other ways no should i yes no you shouldn't i, I actually no. I, i'm of the opinion that you shouldn't let it slow you down full steam ahead please yes <laughs> Well, I haven't. I'm rapidly burning out. It's going to end poorly, but I'm still just, yep, I'm just d driving at work. And then I'm like, let's go to a baseball game because I'm trying to scam Carnegie Mellon, our alma mater, out of money. <laughs> going Are you serious? Yeah, the Alumni Association hosted a Nationals game and the tickets were $20 and they gave you $35 of free food and alcohol. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna take my tuition back $15 at a time from that goddamn place. <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. Yep. So I'm I'm sitting here like working till the last second like a madman. Running, I literally got ready for this baseball game in ten minutes. Ran, not cute run, ran to the metro to catch this goddamn train to go to a baseball game to scam our college out of fifteen dollars. Like this is what <laughs> This is the life that we chose. This is what I'm talking about, burning the candle at both ends. But I don't regret it. Uh, I went to New York Pride this weekend, which was wonderful. I love that for me. I love I that do. for you too. Yes, I wore nothing but garish outfits. <laughs> a lot of them. I packed a suitcase full of skimpy neon clothing and I wore all of it. <laughs> I, I love this for you so much. I went to Stonewall, which pro tip to our listeners, because half of our group made this mistake. If you would like to go to Stonewall or anywhere in the village, really, during Pride afternoon, do not try and go at night. I went at 3 p.m. and it was shoulder to shoulder. Other folks were like, no, we'll go out after dinner. And like, no, 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 you will be waiting in a line, my dear. First of all, I want to be outside. So everybody else has to be inside. Yeah. <laughs> That's how this works. Because now that you have, you want to celebrate Pride and I support you celebrating Pride. Those other motherfuckers, why are they there? Why are they, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Homophobic. Homophobic, why can't they be in their homes? But anyway, continue. <laughs> there was a drag queen checking IDs at the door of Stonewall who I'm pretty sure almost didn't let me in. She looks in my bag and like looks around and pauses for like a really long time. Oh. Just staring into my bag and then looks me dead in the eye and goes, no lipstick? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 I promise. I like dig further in the bag. I'm like, I got gloss, I've got lip gloss. <laughs> she goes, all right, keep it glossy, go keep ahead. Glossy. <laughs> Shout out to drag queens. Drag queens are so clever. Well, I don't know what she would have done if I didn't have that lip gloss in there. 
Sashay. Away. <laughs> that was everything I wanted out of that experience, honestly. Are we going to play a game today? Are we going to play a game today? We are going to play a game. We are going to play some trivia. Oh, I love this for us. Okay, you know what? Because I've had such a shitty week. Come on, trivia gods. Do me a solid this week. I should have picked like the easiest trivia questions for us just to give ourselves a little win. <laughs> we need a little win, at least today. Actually, every day. We need it. What technology company has a fruit as their logo? Like what? Oh, Banana Republic. <laughs> Banana Republic. <laughs> Renowned technology company, Banana Republic. Banana Republic. You know, the funny thing is, I did not know Banana Republic was an insult. I just learned the history of Banana Republic this week. Wait, enlighten me. What? <laughs> Oh, it's an insult. I think, I forget which U.S. president. I think one of the U.S. presidents was insulting, I think, Cuba. Because <laughs> almost their entire economy at the time was from exporting bananas. Huh. Yeah, that's a banana republic. Huh. I, th I think it's very clever that that company used that insult as their huh. whole brand. You know what? See, I'm going to take this as one trivia point. Because the question could have been, what is the meaning of the phrase banana republic? Yes. Yes, I'm taking one point. We already have it right. Yeah, it's actually in the definition. A small nation, especially in Central America, dependent on one crop for the influx of foreign capital. I was just staring at my phone, not Googling it, because my brain couldn't retain information that long. <laughs> Why am I looking at my phone? Coined by O. Henry in the 1904 story collection of Cabbages and Kings, banana republics refer to countries led by dictators, oligarchs, and strongmen who ruled over indigenous and or mixed-race peasants. And managed economies dependent on agricultural exports, stereotypically coffee or bananas. One trivia point for us. Yes. You're welcome, listeners. Trivia question number two, officially. What is the loudest animal on Earth? My brain is going to elephant, but I've also heard that whales are not quiet. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, aren't whales pretty loud? They're really loud. I feel like maybe some weird ass fucking bug or something. Watch, the answer to this question is going to be Mariah Carey. Or Shaka Khan. Right? <laughs> it's gonna be humans. <laughs> Sorry, that joke would have been so much funnier if I had said Jennifer Hudson. I feel like whale, like whales communicate so far, like over the ocean. Like that's yeah, but it's gotta travel. Like it's gotta be pretty loud to travel that far, right? Is it actual sound or is it a combination of sound and vibrations? Vibes, good vibes. Are we being specific about what time of whale or are we? Oh no no no! I, I don't I don't because I I don't know the types of whales there are. <laughs> I know one is blue and I know the other one might be white. But what is the loudest animal on Earth? Answer is the sperm whale. Thank you, trivia ah. gods. We love Look this for that. us. Question number three. What was the first toy to be advertised on television? Is it Barbie? I wouldn't be surprised if it was Barbie. How far back would that be? Well, televisions didn't come around until like the 60s to 50s, maybe. Barbie had like a scandal when they were advertised on TV at some point. Like a oh, really? really big scandal. Yeah. Why do I know this? Oh, I think I know this because Trixie Mattel had it in one of her videos. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. This is kind of... <laughs> Of course. I'm going with Barbie. I could be wrong, but we'll see. Because what else could it be? I don't know. I don't. I can't, I can't think of an iconic toy from the 50s and 60s. If it's American history, it's probably something like a toy gun. Probably. <laughs> I'm saying Barbie in hopes that it's not a gun. What was the first toy to be advertised on television is Mr. Potato Head. Really? <laughs> I guess so. Hmm. I guess they had the advertising budget. How unsophisticated would the kids of the time have to have been for a toy shaped like a potato to amuse them? <laughs> Or like, is is the concept of the toy not the fact that it's shaped? Like, is, is there something else about that toy? Like, does it flip? Does it have me mechanics inside? Like, what's special about a Mr. Potato Head? It's got like holes all over it and different like pieces that you can put. So you can put like different eyes on it and different lips and noses and hats and like customize it. Okay. <laughs> Build a potato. This is the thing. Like, yeah, essentially. That's Build not a, like as a as a kid, but like, I, did, I think we already did the toys episode. But like, did we do the toys episode? I don't think we did. Did we? I don't think we did. Holy shit. We're doing a toys episode. Wow. Okay. That's Perfect. easy. We're doing a toys episode. But wow. yeah, like 
as a kid, how is that a fascinating thing to play with? You stick things on a thing and like, that's not a good design toy because as soon as you stick everything on it, you're bored with it as a kid. I, yeah, how is this, now that you're bringing it up, like how has, cause this has been a, around a long time. And it's still in business. Head was, was in Toy Story, but that was, if it was the first toy advertised on television and it was still popular when Toy Story came out, that's wild. Mm -hmm. What's the draw? That's what I'm saying. So Barbie has had not one, but several controversies. There's a simple reason Barbie has that impossibly tiny waist and large bosom. She was modeled after a naughty adult gag fit. Oh. Oh. Barbie was modeled after a naughty adult gag gift from Germany called Bild Lily. Barbie's creator, Ruth Handler, brought several Bild Lily dolls back to the US after a 1956 family trip to Germany. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Anyway, we're going to give you more than just the four regular trivia questions today, it looks like. Barbie had one of her more outrageous moments very early on in 1963 when a teenage babysitter Barbie was sold in a tiny doll size. Oh my god. Was sold with a tiny doll sized diet book titled Simply Don't Eat. Oh no! What the no. fuck? <laughs> Barbie no, and their Barbie. marketing team has been on some bullshit over the decades. Wow. Oh, no. That's not good. Yikes. Okay. Well, at least Mr. Potato Head didn't do that. In 2003, Mattel released a happy family version of Midge that was nine months pregnant and came complete with a removable belly and a little plastic newborn curled up inside. Mattel said it was a great way for little girls to play act the arrival of a new sibling, but moms said it was creepy. <laughs> no oh, shit. No. This is what I'm saying. This is why you need diversity in the room. A room yep. full of white men on the board of Barbie thought they decided that. You know this is a group of white men who decided that this is a good marketing campaign. Yep. Wow, people, this is why you need diversity. No, another fun fun fact, fun Barbie fact. Barbie's like black friend, the like like traditional black bark. Is it Cindy? It's Christy. <laughs> she said it's me. <laughs> it's me, Christy. Is it is there a Cindy one? No, Christy. Christy is actually spelled like my name is the name of the black Barbie. I mean, hopefully they have more than one now, but at the time. <laughs> Who are you named after? Uh, nothing. Like, not a person. It was like a compromise name. Because your name is unusual. It is a little bit. And everyone thinks it's short for something. And it's not. And it's also spelled like there are so many ways to spell my name. In the front, you can have like C, K, or C, H. In the end, you can have Y, I, or I, E. And then I've even seen in the middle, like a Y instead of an I. Oh, I see. So there are many variations of my name. But oh, for those of you listening, Christy's name is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also Barbie's black friend. So I had a bunch of them as a kid because I got such a kick out of like going in the store and there was a doll with literally my name? name on it. That is really interesting. <laughs> we have to talk yeah. about that in the toys episode because there's so much to unpack there. There is. There is. We can, we can definitely put a pin in that. <laughs> Listeners. You know, you have something to look forward to now. This flavor, we're going to bring it to you soon. So come back at some point in the future in one of the episodes and you'll have that information. You're welcome. All right. Last question. Which of Shakespeare's plays is the longest? Motherfucker. If, is that uh, King Lear? Maybe. I can name some of Shakespeare's plays. I have no concept of which is the How longest. Long? Yeah, they all seem very long to me because this shit drags on. <laughs> I know Macbeth is, also, Macbeth is also fucking long. Tempest, Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing, I feel like. It's short. That's it's a, the that's it's a comedy, the, that's comedy. So it's probably shorter. Um, it's probably one of the sad ones. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. That one is like, that That probably is not the longest one because that wouldn't have been made to so many movies as it. Maybe actually was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The kids these days who don't know about Shakespeare. If this is the first time you've heard any of those titles, maybe withdraw from public school and enroll in private school immediately. Which of Shakespeare's plays is the longest? The answer is, wow, an obvious one we left out, Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself so much. <sighs> After talking all that shit about public school, my public school shows. 
Wow, <laughs> and he just Hamlet. left out oh, Hamlet. No. Okay, just because I was curious. Wow, there are so many Shakespeare plays. Okay, King Lear is his his sixth longest play. So, considering the list, the length of this list, you had a pretty good guess. How many? How many entries? How many? How many? How many gonna be there? There are thirty-seven. King Lear is the sixth longest. Macbeth is the thirty-second longest. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-two out of thirty-seven. We got none of those right. <laughs> no, no, we got the whale one. We got, we got the, the we whale one. <laughs> we got the whale. Oh god. Trivia gods All are right, right. bitches. They did not like, answer my prayer. <laughs> okay, it's this meme, and I don't know if you've seen the Compendium of Ashanti, the Bible of Murder Inc. There's a scene where um Elizabeth Olsen, who plays the Scarlet Witch, <laughs> is having a come to Jesus moment where she's being a villain the whole movie, and then she says very softly, "I'm not a monster." And the caption on this meme says, "Closeted me when I was accused of being a Lady Gaga fan." <laughs> I thought that was clever. <laughs> So the topic we'll be discussing today is imposter syndrome. Something that I, I don't want to speak for you, something that I'm very well accustomed to. We know her. We know her well. All right. Imposter syndrome. Let's hear it for the book report. AKA the psychologist just calling us out, just writing our autobiography. Wait, which episode did we have the definition that was literally? Oh, I forget. What What episode was it? I know exactly what you're talking about and I forget what it was. And it was last season too. I don't think it was this season. It was like, because I remember the name too. Yeah, it was a while back. This is crazy to me that we've done so many episodes. Yeah. Oh my God, we've done so many episodes. We've done a lot of episodes. So many. It's really great. In episode 24 of season one, we talked about insecurities. It was the Abraham Manslow definition of an emotionally insecure person. And when we read that, that definition was me. It was me. You know that song by Christina Aguilera? When will my reflection show who I am inside? This is me looking in the dictionary and seeing this word. Look at me. I will never pass for a perfect bride or a perfect daughter. This is me. Right here is me. (laughs) I've drilled so poorly. Let's get back on track. Let's get back to a new way of being called out. So imposter syndrome, if for some reason you don't know her, is an internal experience where a person doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. And this persists despite external evidence of their competence. um, And those experiencing this phenomenon do not believe they deserve their success or think it's based on luck. Are there people in the world who don't experience this? Like, is this, like, is this everyone? I think this is everyone. Is this not everyone? It has to be everyone. I think you're right. I think you're right. I thought what you're going to say is people who are self-aware don't have imposter syndrome and the ones who aren't do. Yeah. It's sort of a a little bit paradoxical when you think about it because I feel- How can you be self-aware yet- have imposter syndrome? It's a great question. Very paradoxical. But the thing is, what I was going to say is, I don't think these two things are mutually exclusive. No, I don't think they are either. I'm just trying to figure out if there is anyone in the world who doesn't feel this way. I haven't seen an interview of somebody like Elon Musk, or who else do I think is remarkably closer to genius IQ? Steve Hawking, rest in peace. People like that. I don't recall interviewers asking them the simple question, do you have imposter syndrome? Hmm. I want to know if the people who have reached such high intelligence and just a a rather deep understanding of life as it is on this fucking flying rock if those people who are able to be so much further in their base knowledge and ability to process information do they think that they themselves are imposters i would guess they do i do wish that was a question that got asked more i need look if you are a a tv show award uh whatever i i do come with the heavy hitting questions i really do 
I bring it to you every ball. So if you want to hire me as an interviewer, I, I, I think I will bring you very thoughtful questions to every single guest you want me to interview. Thank you so much. We can expose their trauma. Yes. Oh, I'm, we're good at this at this point. I think you and I can interview anybody and this will be the greatest therapy sessions that they've had because we will just <laughs> reach deeper and, and, and milk the trauma. See, this is what we do. We have Beyonce on the show. <laughs> we get her to expose her trauma and then she uses that trauma to write better songs. Yes. You're welcome, I, world. I saw that coming and I was like, yes. Does Beyonce feel like an imposter? Okay, now, I mean, let's take a hiatus to congratulate ourselves. This, this is making it on the podcast. Like, I don't think any of the guests that we've had have come on and left without being pleasantly surprised at how many, how many interesting things they had to think about just by being on the show. Now, that, that sounds like a fucking brag, but really, I don't think any of the people who've come on have left like, um, it's almost like, wow, that conversation was actually surprisingly deep or very thoughtful mm -hmm. which is might be a good thing or a bad thing because most people probably just think we just get on here or just yaka, 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 the whole time through without actually yeah. <laughs> without actually having uh, a, th a thought as to what we actually say but anyway yeah like the makeup episode yeah. with my good friend Joelle, Joelle yes. the hair episode with, with Simi your cousin Simi yeah those both really hit some hit some deep notes for sure right so yes we are good the point I was making is we have gotten so good at extracting trauma from people that they're like huh we come and yes. we bring the shovel we do we sure do <laughs> anyway oh the obvious question i must ask now is have you ever experienced imposter syndrome do you want me to go first because i can go first oh. every day first. of my life for <laughs> as long as i live yes this is really for those of you who don't know where that tune is from that's from sound of music anyway <laughs> literally every single day every of day. my life i'm like i'm not it yep oh yeah that is a that has been a constant friend and companion for for always for always. I, I, the, the thought, so I don't lose it, is I wanted to ask is, what do you think is the underlying or the root of, because I think impulsive syndrome is just a symptom of something else. But what was the thought that you had? No, it's, I mean, it's related to that, which is, it's, it does not seem to be related to my actual success. Like, objectively, and this goes for you too. Like, we've both been successful. Like, yeah. we're both PhDs. Like, we, we've, we've done so much. We got a degree from a really fucking ridiculous undergrad. Like, we've done all kinds of shit. Like, and like, and it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It, that does not, whatever, whatever makes it go away. It's not actual success. It's not. <laughs> I mean, see, somebody who can hear that can see that and like, assume that sounds like a brag as though like we're successful, like duh. No, but like really though, and that's what the imposter syndrome is. We don't feel like we're successful. But if we just look at our track record and the paper trail, on paper, we are fucking successful. But there's yep. not a single day I wake up and I feel like I'm doing all right. I don't yeah. ever feel like I'm doing all right. Which is the thing. Yeah. When will it go away? <laughs> How, like, what do I have to do to make it go away? If you know, please email us at bigemptypursepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> please. Why? Please. People who are therapists are going to start marketing to us. How they, can help, how they can get rid of our imposter syndrome. I want it to go away. But the bleak thing about it is I don't think it'll ever go away. I think I will yeah. die still wondering if i'm good enough <laughs> yeah 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 right i feel like i've gotten better about it over the years but not it still hits like when it hits it hits hard i say that and it's is big things especially like if people try and like compliment me or try and recommend me for things but it's also little things like i do a lot of writing for my work and this is i mean imposter syndrome and perfectionism like name a more iconic duo i'll be writing something that's really simple really simple and i can't let it go until i read it so many times because i'm like if i give if i give a person this draft and it's not 
good, they're going to think I'm a bad writer. They're going to think I'm bad at my job. Even though this person has read dozens and dozens and dozens of things I've written and complimented me on it before, and it's been fine. Right. I'm like, I can't let the thing go. They're going to know. Like, I'm a bad writer. I'm bad at my job. I don't know what I'm doing. Even even knowing, like, say, if you, you know, if you just look at, if you, if you just look at your own track record, right? Mm-hmm. That track record to you doesn't look impressive. Yeah. You have to remind yourself that this track record, when compared to most track records, seems like it's further ahead. And that's how you're able to convince yourself that, oh, maybe I should not think of being, think of me, of myself as an imposter because of this. But even that, you still have to bargain with yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you look like my own track record to me doesn't look like an impressive track record. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking at, I'm, I find flaws in it. I'm like, I would have done this differently. I would have moved this then. I would have, yep. even to you, your own track record doesn't look impressive. So how am I supposed to convince myself that it is impressive? I yep. would have to know what everybody or the general track record is just to see where I place. And by that metric, I could be like, okay, maybe I don't place so far behind. Who knows? Yep. Yeah, because all, all you can see is like, you convince yourself that yours is all right. And there's always a motherfucker who's done more. Yeah, always. that is the fucking thing. See, every time, every, every time I think I'm doing the most, and somebody pops off from left field, shows me that they're doing even more. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm already killing myself to even do this much. Like, you mean there's more to go? Yeah. And you look at that yeah. person who seems like they're already there. You're like, how are they doing it and making it look so goddamn easy? I don't, I don't know how. I don't know Meanwhile, how. I've heard from people who tell me that I make this shit look easy. I'm like, have you heard me fucking complain? I really love to complain. This shit isn't easy. What are you talking about? I don't make this shit look easy. I tell you exactly how fucking hard I'm going through it. So why do you think it is that imposter syndrome is so persistent even when there's a lot of evidence of your success? Huh, that's a great question. You know, another the second part of that question I would actually also be interested in is, Mm. is imposter syndrome more prevalent in the United States than in other parts Mm. of the world. Mm. But the first question that you asked was, why is it so persistent even when there's a lot of evidence of success? I don't know, but like I was just saying, I think two things. One, you're you're so used to quote unquote your own success that it's not success to you. And also, Mm -hmm. if you think of all the things that you have yet to accomplish and how much Mm. further you would like to be to accomplish those, It's almost like, look up, don't look down. You look at how much room there is in the sky and you haven't gotten that high yet. (laughs) But anyway, but then you you look at the floor and what? If you constantly look at all the things that you'd like to do that you're not not have been able to do. Say, for instance, at this moment in my life, I thought I would have accomplished X amount more than I already have. So I'm not looking at what I have as, oh, wow, this is actually pretty good compared to... I don't know what else, everybody else or whatever. But like, I'm just like, no, actually, this this is how this thing goes. That's really interesting that you brought up. I would I'd put money on it's more prevalent in the United States because there's there's our internal reinforcement of it. Like that's that's something is like our own internal trauma and shit, like magnifying all of our mistakes and minimizing all of our successes. Right. That's that's just is what it is. But there's got to be like some external reinforcement of it too, mm-hmm. of like continuing to make you feel like you're an imposter, like your environment, the environment you're in, your coworkers, your whatever. Is this a capitalism thing? This isn't yet another fucking. <laughs> oh, it'd probably work a lot harder if we think we're an imposter. God damn it, capitalism. It's a capitalism <laughs> just, thing. It is a capitalism thing. I'm at meetings, like as a meeting where I'm also going to be a speaker, and somebody else is also a speaker, and that person goes before me, and I'm like holy fucking shit that was a 
really good talk. Am I following that? How the fuck am I going to follow that? I can't follow that. We're so hard on ourselves and so obsessive ourselves. There was a moment in Schitt's Creek. I love this show. I'm so glad I started watching this show. But there's a moment in the show where if you haven't seen it, there's this, it's a brother-sister pair, David and Alexis. And David is an adult, like a full-on adult who's going to take a driving test <laughs> for, and is like very nervous <laughs> about it and freaking out. And Alexis's like way of calming him down is like, nobody cares. And he was like, of course they care. Like it's a driving test. He was like, no, nobody cares. Everyone's got their own shit. They don't care about you. Like they don't care about what you're doing. They're, oh. they're just trying to like do their own thing and worrying about their own like nobody cares and he goes to take the driving test and is trying to be perfect and the instructor is like on their phone he's like oh nobody cares i'm the one that cares right <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know exactly what point i was trying to make with that it's i think it's just, we're the ones who are so hard on ourselves when in fact we don't ha we don't have to be like who are we trying mm -hmm. to be hard on ourselves for nobody cares yeah and something that like i'll do that i'll like obsess over i'm like oh my god i made this mistake like nobody even noticed it nobody cared right like <laughs> but i'll i'll like think about it it'll come it'll come to me at night when i'm in bed I'm like oh i mispronounced this word <laughs> <laughs> right in a presentation right now you see why i edit the fuck out of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if there are like you were saying at the beginning of the episode i don't know if there are any successful people who don't have this or maybe most of them have this maybe they're just you know motivated by something greater than self but everybody with imposter syndrome for the most part their success is brought about by their motivation to make sure that nobody ever finds out that they're a fraud mm -hmm. yeah. they're only successful because of that thought because they will keep mm. pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and they won't know they won't be objectively be, they won't objectively be able to tell when they've been able to solidly convince people that they really are the one and they're not just a fraud. Yep. Anyway, y'all thought we we're going to give you a light episode this week? No, we were not. <laughs> we were not. We've been coming with hit after hit. <laughs> <laughs> Pride month. <laughs> Last year of Pride month. Let's pack it in. Hit after hit after hit. Call us Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't get that joke, it is a horrible joke that will get me canceled. So go do your research. All right. So what helps you deal with imposter syndrome? Okay. So there's real answers. I mean, this is a real answer. Let me just expose myself as a terrible person. The thing that makes me think like, oh, wow, I'm really not an imposter. I am good at this. I am competent. Is not my own success. It's others' failures. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when I see someone who's got like, like they got the most basic job to do and they can't do it. And I'm like, they're still coming here every day and getting paid. They've been right. here for years and they're not good at this. <laughs> like, I'm a lot better at my job than that. <laughs> Seeing other people fail is great for my confidence. It's got great for my confidence. It really is. <laughs> that terrible, is so clever. But, but no, really, it is. It, but it's true. There are a lot of stupid people out there. Very many stupid people. There really are. And you're just like, really are. how are you guys still going? <laughs> how didn't your life implode? Like, how come yep. nobody's found them out as frauds? I know. They, honestly, honestly. And it's like, I know in my head, like, yes, there, I, like, I know there's a lot of stupid people out there who are bad at their jobs. But my brain can't, like, compute that until I like see it in action. I'm like, you're fine. You're doing great. Like, look at the look at the bar. That's where the bar. <laughs> yes, that's where the bar to convince people you're not a fraud is. <laughs> it's on the floor. Oh. It's on the floor. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm on the 80th story of the Empire State wondering, am I going to fall tomorrow? <laughs> oh, God. Yes. And <laughs> Meanwhile, these other people so are on ground floor 
ground floor Honestly, and they're doing great they're making it work every day and yet I, I forget it so quickly i don't know why i don't know how i get it to stick in there because i feel it and then i'm like oh let me have this moment of like yes i am doing fine uh, the next day it's gone it's where gone. does it go i don't i don't know where it goes i'd like to keep it i'd like to keep that feeling you know what would make me feel like i wasn't really an imposter is if the people who hire me to do jobs just gave me even more money yes pay yes. me ridiculous amounts of money to be like wait if somebody's paying me this much i must be good at my job Yes. Give me more money. Honestly. Yes. It's true. It's true. That sounds like it would be like shallow, but like I had an experience in graduate school. I did a lot of activism and advocacy work around sexual harassment and sexual assault of graduate students and like what what you can do to be an active bystander, what you can do to reform your policies. Like I was I knew a lot. I knew so much about it. I did a lot of work. I talked to a ton of people and the grad school was very happy to use all of that expertise for free and like asked me to do thing after thing after thing. And it wasn't until there was another college that reached out to me and someone else I was working with and they were having a panel about this subject and asked us to come be on the panel and paid us for it. Not very much. It was like $200 or something like that for just like a random one-off thing. But I was like, it made me realize like, oh, I'm a I'm a subject matter expert on this. Right. Like I have personal experience. I have learned experience and like that's valuable. And all these motherfuckers are like getting it for free. They just like, which for some reason, like it, my, like the amount of experience I had didn't change, but all of a sudden I like realized how valuable it was when somebody actually paid me for it. Yep. This is what I keep saying. When I tell you that grad school does a number on you because they, they don't pay you oh, shit for your nothing. Idea. Yeah, like I realized this week that when people say, oh, X amount of US dollars is a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? And I always calculate yeah. that amount of money in terms of what it's worth to me. And if somebody says, oh, is making $5 million a lot of money in one year? My answer would be no, that's not a lot of money. And what I'm saying is, first of all, y'all, my net worth is the negative, negative hundreds. <laughs> of, like, let's chill. I'm very poor. I'm not saying I'm rich. But like, if you think of just you as a person the subject matters that you can i'm not even saying excel at be proficient at and then you multiply all of those things by what the going rate of each one is if you combine all of those as the person that you are somebody a year will not be paying you less than five million dollars and that is not a lot of money for the amount of skill that you have as a person no you're only getting paid for yeah. one skill yep <clears throat> yeah so no, that's true. I'm like, if somebody wants to pay me my actual worth, it's more than that. Which is why if somebody says then making $500,000 a year is a lot of money, I'm like, I think about it still. I'm like, mm -mm. doesn't matter how you slice this thing. It's not a lot. And meanwhile, they'll say, oh, somebody's making, you know, 400 and they're rich. I was like, no, they're not. Because I'm guaranteeing you if that person is worth 400 at one scale, imagine what they're worth for the rest of it. Honestly, the thing that I think has helped <laughs> that, that has gotten better as I've gotten older. Drugs. Is just sort of a dr drugs help. <laughs> I was about to drugs say drugs help. really fucking help. They really help, honestly. I said that as a joke, but I'm not even kidding. That wasn't where the sentence was going, but it, it is on the list. It's for sure on the list. <laughs> it's essentially just a fuck it attitude. I still feel like a fraud, but I'm just like more used to the feeling of feeling like a fraud. And I'm like, whoop, all right, we feel like a fraud today. Like, all right, like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really- You're a fraud and you know it. Because it's a shitty feeling, but I'm just like more okay with that shitty feeling and more okay to just like let it go. I don't think, I think there's also a nuanced thing. I don't think my imposter syndrome has ever stopped me from being ambitious, which is its own wild, wild thought. Shout out to Rihanna. 
you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's not the case where I don't do it because, in fact, I, you know, because if, if somebody really felt like, oh, if I don't want that, if I don't want to be discovered as a fraud, I won't do things that are challenging enough to expose me as a fraud. But in my case, I'm like, oh, no, I have to do only the things that are challenging just so I convince you that if I manage to succeed at this, that you won't think I'm a fraud. Hopefully I would have convinced you by that, that I'm not a fraud. Yeah. And capitalism, can you imagine if I stay on this leash until I die, the amount that I would have made in the name of capitalism, which this is the other thing I fucking say. The way capitalism works is the person who employs you is making a whole bunch of money on you. And I don't think the average is anything less than your value in terms of productivity and profitability. Whatever your salary is, that company's making times three of it on you. That's how capitalism works. So if a company is really making three times as much on me. That means my productivity is worth four times what they pay me at least. So that is my true salary in terms of value. That's really my true value. Yeah. So that helps. Back to money. Everything is about money. Watch, if you guys don't know, maybe next week's episode (laughs) is going to be about money. It's like an intelligence thing too, right? I think. So maybe my very specific case, I don't feel like I'm intelligent at all. I feel like I'm actually quite fucking stupid, is the thing. Which is ridiculous. Right, see, we're on the imposter syndrome thing. I feel like I'm a fucking idiot, as in I don't know anything and I'm just a fool. If I'm not smart enough, if I'm not intelligent enough, you know what I can at least do is work hard enough. (laughs) That's the coping mechanism, because I'm like, if I'm not the smartest person in the room, I will dare any one of you motherfuckers to outwork me. Try it, try it. I dare you try to outwork me. It's impossible. And I'm saying that as a joke, but like if I just think for thing in my current life that I pursue to do and continuously do and put effort in, holy fucking shit. It's a lot. And yeah. who am I trying to outwork? I don't know. Oh, this is the thing I'm saying. I don't know. What do I have to prove? Why am I working myself like a jackass? Do you see what I'm saying? Yup. I do. <laughs> Yeah, if only if only I could just admit to myself and be able to let my let me convince myself that I am in fact intelligent. Maybe I don't have to kill myself working. It's not worth it. This thing this thing doesn't pay. It doesn't pay. And the thing is, like, you aren't like I have known you for more than ten years and like seen you in like academic and work. Like you are very intelligent, but like it doesn't like it doesn't. I don't know if if you respond to it like I do. It either like one doesn't matter when people recognize me, or two makes me feel like more of a fraud when people try to compliment me or like reassure oh, right. me. Kind of like I'm yeah. like, oh, I fooled you. Like you're you're on the wrong track. Like oh, now <laughs> I should be extra careful not to like right let you yeah. know. Like if I've already convinced you today that I'm not a fraud, now I really have to make sure every other interaction that I have with you for the rest of my life, I am yeah. just as good as, if not better than. Because if one day you catch me slip, not even slipping, say I just slide a little bit, you will now question my intelligence until I die. And the thing is, I talk a lot of shit about how fantastic I am at stuff, which is the cover up. I talk my shit real good. But deep down, I'm like, actually, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever like truly felt like in my own solitude that I'm good enough or I'm intelligent enough or whatever. I've had moments of it. There were moments of gold and there were flashes of light. But it's not the moments like you would think, like someone looking at my life, you would think like, oh, like when you were like graduating with your PhD, like you must have had a moment of like, yeah, I am pretty smart. No, 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 no. No. It's been like very random, like smaller things or even like internal things. Like I think that's been one, like when I, when it doesn't have to hold up to outside scrutiny and it was just like, I see. Yeah, I just remember thinking to myself, maybe I'm not doing, maybe I'm, maybe there's something that I'm doing correctly 
I don't know what it is, but like maybe I'm not doing everything completely horribly. Or maybe I'm lucky. Yeah. Which I don't I don't like when somebody tells me I'm lucky because I'm like, me? Lucky? Oh, that's another thing. When somebody tells me I'm lucky, I take it as an mm-hmm. insult. Or like it's yeah. not like oh, it's not being pompous. It's like it's almost like you're saying, Oh, lucky me that I don't have to worry about anybody calling me a fraud because look how successful I am. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. to you, none of this success was by luck. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what it cost me to keep up the charade of not having to be discovered as a fraud long enough for me to have this. I didn't get lucky. Yeah. And this shit comes from my parents all the time. They're like, oh, you know, you're so lucky that. You're so lucky that. I was like, mm. no, mm-hmm. I'm not lucky. I have to really try to make sure that I'm not discovered as a fraud. Don't tell me I'm lucky. I feel like most mm-hmm. people who don't have imposter syndrome will not get this episode at all. Yeah. White man, this not. isn't for you. Yes. <laughs> Just skip to the next. <laughs> skip to the next. We'll be back next week. I think, oh, well, no, it is me. (laughs) So that concludes our episode on imposter syndrome. I can't breathe. (laughs) I actually cannot breathe. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future. Also, we might be having some merch options. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be talking about toys. Until then... Good luck!